This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with a wiener dog biting a hand of a guitarist might not be able to play again? Or how about falling asleep behind the wheel of an automated Tesla? Well, it's still just a Tesla driving when it probably shouldn't be. What's the oldest thing in your house? We ask you, the shift heads. What is the oldest thing that you know of in your house? Share the stories of the items, where they came from, and uh, objects from ages past. Ryan also loses his mind over the new Batman movie trailer. Shocker. Plus, a look at how Canadian City is giving residents money to buy e-bikes. This is the Shift Podcast. Let's get into the real part of Are You Okay? Right now, hit it, Sheldon. Are you okay with playing the guitar? Oh, uh, I can't. Uh, I can play the ukulele a little bit, uh, but the guitar is, uh, it's like the foundation of so much amazing music. And, uh, my brother plays guitar amazingly well, and I love hearing him play the guitar. Uh, and I, w- I, I wish I could take it up and do it, but I just don't think my fingers can can cope. <laughs> you don't think so? I think so. I think that no. I think I'm okay with trying to play the guitar. I just yeah. thought I'd grab here. I'll pick up my guitar for you. Okay, I just play something. Let me strum something okay. together for you. Wow! Wow, you're doing fantastic. Well, I mean, those are my are feet you on the bar. Are playing maracas with your feet? <laughs> I I would love to learn how to do that. Yeah, right. <coughs> Pardon me. I have a little bit of a tickle today. My my apologies. It's my sinuses. Um the guitar is probably the most popular instrument in the world, maybe next to the piano. I don't know. Yeah. That could that's debatable, that one. Millions of people can play the guitar. And in order to play one, you need your fingers to be in tip-top shape. Now, before we continue with the story, do you remember this song? Question mark. Oh, yeah. This is like in an episode of The Office. I um, I do remember this song, but it wasn't the best song by this group. Um, what was the other one by Travis? Was it Sing? That's this is Sing, right? right? Uh, Travis, the yeah, other big no... song is called Why Does It Always Rain On Me? Side, Closer, <laughs> Flowers in the Window. No, they had a really funky song. Flowers in the Window, maybe? No. Anyway. No, not that one? <sighs> nope. Uh, Fran Healy, the singer of that band, Travis, makes total sense, and the guitarist had a bit of an incident last week. He said he jumped out of his car after seeing three other vehicles jackknifed near his home in L.A. and a dog running from the middle of the chaos. Cars bombed down our hill, and it would have been toast. So I tried to pick it up, and it mauled the shit out of my left hand. Oh, he's talking about the dog. Yeah, the dog. Okay. Well, come on, Travis, lady friend. Um, I held on, hoping to chuck it into our porch, but then I slipped and it bolted off. These pictures are pretty gnarly. 
So what kind of dog bit him? It was a wiener dog. Oh, no way. A dashing <laughs> <laughs> bit the crap out of his hand. Uh, the star oh. added, the dog is fine, was cornered at the bottom of the hill. The owner who lives in Stevie Nicks' old house was reunited. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a life that is, hey? Uh, just yeah. go down the street, turn left at Stevie Nicks' place, right? Go by, by, go by, Bob Dylan's. And then you'll find the 7-Eleven. Uh, he may need a short break from shredding on the guitar. Oh, that would suck for a guitar player. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, the, the guitarist of Slayer, he died after getting bit by a spider, right? Like, there's there's cool ways to get bit. And that is not one of them. A dash hund. Well, no, you got it. You got that's at that point. Look, I'm not one for lying, but at that point, you need a better story than than Wiener Jordan Dog, Shepherd. right? <laughs> like you need bigger dog than that. Like you need badass yeah. dog, His right? And hand by the way, the dog though. had ra- rabies too. Oh, a little spice. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. He did get bit pretty hard though. To give him credit. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with taking a nap? I know you are. Did I tell you about my new spot? You have a new spot? No. I did. I found a new spot. I've had this couch. I've had this couch. This used to be my basement couch. Uh, I used to have a home theater in my basement. And and then I got divorced, and then I no longer have a home theater. But I was allowed to keep the couch out of the basement. You know how that works? You can have the couch in the basement. Um. And so it's one of those ones, it's like a three-piece couch, just a normal couch, and the outside to kick-out recliner style, and your feet go up. And then one in the middle doesn't. So it always stays upright, I found. And I got these new pillows. They're like these sort of long, skinny, tuby things. And if I kick the one on the right, and I lean back, and I lean into the centerpiece with this this vertical pillow, I can hear angels sing. It's that good, eh? <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had... I feel like it might come when I'm older, but I just don't hey. really have the ability to nap. That's not a dig. That's not a dig. It's just I can't. I can't turn off my brain during the middle of the day. I can't really? reset unless it's out of pure necessity. Uh, I, I just can't. Uh, maybe on an off, like a random occasion, but nine times out of ten, if I try to nap, no go. Have you tried the seats of the mall? Because some guys really fall asleep on those. No. Yeah, I got to do that and like cross my arms and like put tilt the hat down a little bit and like just leave the <laughs> shopping bag slipping out of my hand. Yeah. I love it. Well, some people can sleep anywhere in class or on a bus or maybe even a Tesla while you're driving across a busy bridge in British Columbia. A BC oh. Tesla driver has been ticketed for driving without due care and attention following a video posted on social media appearing to show them asleep at the wheel with the car in autopilot mode. This video was shot northbound on the Iron Workers Memorial Second Arrows Bridge during rush hour. Here's more from Global's Jordan Armstrong. Looked out the passenger window and noticed what looked like somebody just completely asleep behind the wheel of their Tesla. We've blurred the driver's face until more information is known. When the video starts, her eyes are closed, her seat slightly reclined, as her Tesla motors north towards the North Shore. From what I saw, they were out like a light. But then there was a couple of moments where they kind of looked like they almost woke up and then went right back to sleep. Teslas have an autopilot feature meant to assist alert drivers, not take over for them. But lately, the technology has been abused. And there's a black Tesla, and the driver's sleeping. 
In the States, shock drivers have taken video of several people seemingly asleep at the wheel on busy interstates. And in Alberta last year, a 20-year-old man from British Columbia was caught napping in the driver's seat while his Tesla blasted along at more than 140 kilometers an hour. That takes nerve to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, at what point do you open one eye and look around and be like, are we still okay? I would pull over to the side of the road to have a nap when I was tired driving at nighttime and then fall asleep and then dream about driving and wake up in a panic and realize, oh, yeah, I'm on the side of the road. That was smart. I pulled over already. I can't imagine what waking up in your car and it's still driving feels like. Yeesh. This is the Shift Podcast. What is the oldest thing in your house? I was trying to figure this out. Ryan O'Donnell is here. Ryan, what is the oldest thing in your house? Okay, before I tell you the oldest thing in my house, I'm going to tell you what inspired this conversation. I was having dinner with my aunt. And my aunt was telling me that she's teaching her son how to use a French to English dictionary. Because they're in French immersion. And they're going through. And this this uh, dictionary has been in the family for years. We didn't know how many years until trying to use it. They hmm. go through. And her son says, Mom, what's computer? And she goes through and finds the word in the dictionary. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's because computers did not exist when this dictionary <laughs> was made. The word was actually radio operator. The word for computer in this dictionary, like the word that we that we use for computer today, back then was board operator. So I was like, that dictionary is ancient. And that's kind of neat. And, and she showed me pictures of it. And it's so you would never find the word YOLO, for example, in that dictionary as you do today. What for is me, the though, uh, what is the word for computer? Computer. Uh, can't uh remember it off the i i do not Come speak on. french uh it is Your it starts dad with an does. o yeah. i got it ordinateur ordinateur that's it before it. then it was yeah it was but i remember that though yeah but uh it, you, that used to be board operator so in that context in that dictionary because the that was the tech was radio right which i mm-hmm. think is so cool. cool for me the oldest thing i have is an album. It is a photo album with a collection of photographs taken by my great, great, great uncle, Teddy. Those pictures were taken when he was a cartographer in World War I. He volunteered for the Polish Air Force before the Canadian Air Force was a thing. And he flew and took pictures of France and Germany and all that during the war. And then eventually flew for the Canadians. And this album is filled with photographs of the war, maps, locations, and also just life in the 1900s. And we actually took it to the Canadian or the Calgary Military Museum to get them to authenticate it. And they're like, yeah, this book's over 100 years old. So we think the first photograph was taken uh, before the war in probably 1910. And hmm. that's the oldest thing I have. And that is a treasured piece of family history. That is like one of the most important things 
in my possession. The book itself, like you pick it up and it literally starts to fall apart in your hand. That's how old it is. Uh, wow. So I think it's cool. And I'm, I want to hear about what everybody else has. I think everybody has something cool in their house. I have a couple of things that um, I'm not sure how old they are. I do have a couple of radios here that are mega old. I had a, uh, one that was my grandfather's radio that he used to listen to. And it looks really old, but I don't think it's that old. Um, and then I've got a big cabinet one. There's, um, I have my grandfather's ring though. When he passed away, my dad gave it to me a couple of years ago. Um, and I've got a couple of things. I've got his retirement watch. I think it was his retirement watch he was given when he retired, which doesn't seem like it's that long ago when I see how old this watch is. And it might've been an anniversary watch. I should double check it for when he worked for, I think it was the Canadian nickel company in Flimflon, which I have called the Canadian nipple company by accident before. Just throw that out there. It's fair. And, uh, it's but his, yeah. So his ring, I, I, I don't even know how old that ring is, but it seems to be, um, from when he was a young adult and when my dad was born soon after the war. So I have to dig into that, but those would be the oldest things that I have in my house that I know of. My folks still have all of the old family pieces. 877-399-9898. What are the oldest things in your house? So text them in or call them in. I want to hear your stories. Before we get to that, though, here's a story from Inside Edition on a pair who found a bootlegger's stash in their place from the 1920s. Spirits were inhabiting this historic home, but not the ghostly kind. We were always told that our house was built by a bootlegger, and now we actually have some proof. When Nick Drummond and Patrick Baker bought an old house in Ames, New York in 2020, they knew it had a story to tell. So they started pulling up floorboards and ripping out walls to uncover 60 bottles of Prohibition-era booze. The wrapper includes a bottle of the finest Scots whiskey procurable. They did some research and found out the owner was a well-known bootlegger who died a very rich man. 1923. I know, it's pretty amazing. That is so cool. And he left behind some contraband for future owners of the house to try. Let's give this a go. So did the liquor stand the test of time? There's only one way to find out. Not bad. It, it does it's taste actually, like whiskey. whiskey. You know what? Yeah. It's pretty smooth. Cheers. Cheers. That's cool. Would you try that? I would not try that. No, I would. 100%. Would you? Wow. Yeah prohibition because it's crazy strong right it's it's it, it is not amazing quality and i think prohibition is such a bizarre chapter in canadian and american history to actually mm -hmm. try real authentic stuff oh, i wonder what that would be worth too it was cool like in the photographs of like them literally ripping out their floorboards and just pulling booze out of <laughs> it's so mm -hmm. neat yeah that's one of the reasons why i wouldn't use it because just in case it was worth an awful lot of money, like you sit there and have like, hey, okay, cool yeah, man, right? Let's have a let's have a glass, and then you drink it, and they're like, that was a seventy thousand dollar glass of rum you just had, right? Yeah. I don't know the actual age of them, but I have several fishing lures I got from my grandfather, who got them from his grandfather. I keep them sharp and still catch fish with them. Ken in Calgary, that's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, what is the oldest thing in your house? 
Uh, the oldest thing in my house from Dwayne, a big cabinet radio that my parents brought back from Germany when my dad was stationed there in the army. It's almost 60 years old. Cool. See, that's cool. Yeah, right? Think about just the time that's passed around these objects, what they've seen, mm-hmm. what they've done. That's so sweet. Although I have been tempted because um, I have to ask my parents about this one because they did buy me one. They bought me a tombstone-style radio that was all refurbished, and that was a gift for me when I first started in radio. And there is a, a one big cabinet here radio that I have that I don't think it's a family thing. I think it was just somebody picked it up, and I ended up mm-hmm. with it. And I was tempted to put, like, brand-new speakers in it but keep that old brown with the gold sparkle fabric on it. Oh, that's cool. And, and do it up with, um, you know, like a big old sub and some super high-end speakers on it. So when you went to turn it on, and it would just pound, but it looked like a rotten old little radio. I thought that'd be fun. That'd be cool. I like seeing when people, even uh, when uh, people take, uh, like if you drive a car that was made in the 60s, they're crap. Like they're they're absolute crap. They they're uncomfortable. They're loud, and you really notice the difference, even if they are beautiful. So a lot of people are taking their old Aston Martins and all that, and they're sending them off, and people are putting air conditioning in them and sat nav, and completely redoing the uh, the bones of the car. It'll look the same, but it'll drive like you know it's brand new. And I I think you could do that with a radio. That'd be sweet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sound cool. like it looks. Although, you know, I feel like I need to defend some of the old cars because there was a time where I drove a 1969 Porsche 912 and I drove a 1972 Porsche 911. And at the time, this was a long time ago, when I was looking to buy the 911, and I wish I had um, because they've (laughs) gone up in value like crazy. Um, I think they were asking 12,000 bucks. I was like, that's crazy. Now it's probably a $60,000 car. I... um. I literally drove, I had a 2001 Volkswagen Golf, and I drove that to pick up this Porsche to take it in for an inspection. And driving back in the Porsche, taking the corners, accelerating, everything else, getting back into the Volkswagen Golf, a 2002 Golf, felt like a clunker (laughs) after driving that car. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, really cool stuff. Global News uh, had a chance to speak with a treasure hunter who found some serious cash in a lady's attic. I mean, this is someone else's stuff, but hey, it's in your house. The trove of cash was long rumored to be hidden treasure inside an old home. The home belonged to a couple who lived there for decades before dying and leaving it to a relative. The relative's daughter planned to sell the house, but she didn't want to let it go without investigating an old story about a cash of money hidden somewhere in the house. When do you, when do you think that they hid it then? The family was running out of time. They were wanting to sell the house for a few years, but this particular rumored treasure was was stopping them to do so. Most of the hints and clues we had turned out to not be true. I'm constantly looking beyond the information I have, looking for small things that are slightly out of place, investigating, moving on to the next one. So I've got something very interesting here. On my endoscope camera, in this hole right here where you can see my hand, I think I see the top of a box. It looks like a keyhole to a metal box. So we're gonna take a closer look. And you can see the pry marks from years past where this has been removed before. The, the family has been searching for the cash box for a couple of years. Here we go. You ready to see it? Yeah. 
I searched for about an hour before I found this box. Oh my god. Look at that. As soon as I cracked that box open, I saw the cash. I knew we found the treasure. They're $5,000 bricks. These are not worth face value. These are, collectors are gonna want these. There was a total of $46,000 in bills from the 1930s and 50s, some of which were silver certificates, potentially worth significantly more than face value. That's amazing. I think it ended up being worth close to $700,000 in just raw value. And then mm -hmm. uh, stuff was more appraised than others. But yeah, it's cool. Like the lockbox has been sitting there since the 30s and it looked brand new. Crazy. I um, I've, I know lots of people that hide squirrel away cash in their in their basements, right? I've got mm -hmm. you know, a couple of, you heard some stories of family friends that use Rubbermaid totes. And other people use paint cans and just keeping cash, right? Idea. Yeah, because mm -hmm. the paint can's pretty good. And uh, and keeping cash. And it makes you wonder that, you know, should you check your paint? If you move into a house, you got a bunch of paint cans in the basement. You're like, wait a second. Should I check those? Right? I, I don't know. That'd be cool. Would that be? Move in and find a bunch of cash lying around the house. 877-399-9898. What are some of the, uh, what are the oldest things in your house? I have an old wind-up pocket small clock from Taiwan that folds up into a little box to travel with. Thanks, Cap. The oldest thing I have is my grandmother's school book titled A History and Geography of British Columbia, published in 1913. That's really cool. Neat. Um, Joe in Winnipeg says, an old glass negative camera from France. Glass plate 5x7 negatives show immigrants arriving on Canada on tall sail ships. Wow. <laughs> that That's cool? amazing. This is neat stuff. Yeah. I it, like, I have to go looking. I, my, my dad has some of my grandfather's, his dad, tools. He was a boilermaker. And he has a bunch of his tools, which would probably be as old as the 40s as well. Yep. Hi, Shane and Ryan and Sheldon. I have a lovely antique vase, circa 1820, and a deep freezer from 1988. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tina in Calgary, that's pretty good. This is the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, is that time again for Ryan? Ryan, you know, it's funny. Laura was trying to teach me how to sew today, and there was uh, many moments where I did something wrong, and I got the Ryan, and it, it reminds me of that every time. Is I that what take it is? It seriously. Yeah, I can't. It's yeah, mine, is the, uh, mine is the, got the uh on the end whenever I do something. It's the Shane. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. It would be the Ryan. Uh. <laughs> yep. The uh, is what adds it. It really kind of gets the tension in it, right? <laughs> well, in case you missed it, oh, there's a new trailer for the new oh, Batman no. movie. Do we have to do this again? Yes. Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, 
it's not just a call. It's a warning. I've been trying to reach you. Find the gun! This is about a king. And Rither's the match. Okay. Um, let me just talk to you about what my Saturday looked like. Over over the weekend, DC Fandom. Thank you. Uh, DC Fandom, it's their three-hour live stream where they show off all the cool things happening in DC Comic Land. And they waited to the very end to play this. This trailer was so good that I turned off the lights to make it more Batman-y. And I immediately re-downloaded a Batman video game and started playing it. That's how dope this trailer is. Uh, dope. This... It dope. Yeah. This Batman is starring Robert Pattinson and is directed by Matt Reeves. And it it just looks amazing. The trailer portrays this sort of dark and unhinged Batman. It's like a, a reckless and aggressive version of him fighting. And it, the idea is that this movie isn't a young Batman. It's someone who's still trying to figure out who they are as a vigilante. And I'm man, Batman. it looks please it looks brutal and and dark and uh the characters of penguin and catwoman are all here and just the tone and the cinematography is shockingly good we finally have a release date march 4th um that's very soon that's very soon that is uh that is absurdly quick uh, so needless to say, Shane, I will be taking off Thursday, March 3rd, because I have a midnight premiere I need to go to. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, seriously, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, this is the most excited I have been for a comic book movie since The Dark Knight Rises. It's going to say and since I the last this, comic book movie. This is the la- <laughs> no, this is different, man. Uh, we also got other cool things announced. So we got a look at The Rock starring as Black Adam, who if you saw Shazam, Black Adam is kind of like Shazam's villain. But he's also kind of a hero. He's like, you know on the thin line there uh we got a teaser for the new flash movie which indeed confirmed michael keaton restoring his role returning to be batman wait now why now i'm batman i thought you were thank you literally that batman is back and the idea is you know he's going through the multiverse and uh, meeting batman's past there is a great great shot where the flash is standing over a car that's all draped over in the bat cave and you can tell it's the outline of that classic 1989 batmobile and before he pulls the the cover off the trailer ends and it just goes holy and then it ends it's fantastic lots of fun things from dc fandom check it out uh ign is a great resource to look at all the nerdy things um but batman oh man Oh, my Lord. I'm excited. I'm Batman. Now, thank you. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm going to read it, Batman. Hi, I'm excited. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Yeah, that's me right now. One uh, of the interesting pros, I think, of living in a small city, not small town, but like a small city, is that you kind of get to be like a blueprint for the whole country sometimes big cities like calgary edmonton toronto winnipeg vancouver you name it you know rolling out a big change or a big program can be difficult because there's so many people but if you live in a city that's got a hundred thousand people 
and the city wants to try something, there's a little bit less of a risk there and you can kind of give it a shot. And that's actually one of the things I miss about living in Burlington uh, was that uh, when I lived in Burlington, there were lots of cool things that were uh, happening so fast there. Whereas you live in a big city and it seems like city council uh, takes eight years to do anything. Mm -hmm. Now, right now, everybody is trying to find the best way to transition to a greener economy. One of the big ways to do that is obviously how you commute. In Europe, everyone is like, no more cars. We will now go on the bikes and the trains it'll be all easy and that's that's easier to do in europe because it's relatively small it's had those infrastructures in place forever and the culture is different there it, it you know you don't need to drive as much in europe as you do here and canada it's not so simple to just say all right you know what i don't want a car anymore i'll just bike that can be a little bit different when you live in a city that's like the size of eight british counties it would take <laughs> me two days to bike from Laura's house to my old house in Calgary, right? It's just enormous. But there's an interesting thing happening on Vancouver Island that I think is worth noting. The municipality of Saanich has launched a $200,000 incentive program to help local residents transition to a greener commute. Now, $200,000, I mean, most cars... You know, you, that would, what, fund like three cars for uh, the entire city? But people aren't getting bikes. Or cars, rather. They're getting e-bikes. This is a rebate that the city is introducing so that you can buy an electric bike. Huh. Kylie Stanton. It takes everybody. It All takes good. everybody by surprise how fun these bikes are to ride. That explains the growing popularity, but these e-bikes don't come cheap. This one is just under $5,000. That price may soon be a little easier to stomach, thanks to a new pilot program being launched by the district of Saanich. It's a, a wonderful incentive. The mayor is a fan. We like it. The battery is detachable. It charges in just a couple of hours. In fact, he's had one for years. It makes everything flat. Saanich is now providing rebates for e-bikes in an effort to make the product more accessible while helping residents switch to active and electric transportation. Why is it critical? Because we have a climate change emergency. $200,000 in funding has been allocated to the program that can be accessed by 300 participants. 120 of the rebates will be reserved for income-qualified applicants on a sliding scale. The base incentive is $350, which is available for anybody. And you can get up to $1,600 or $800, depending on your income assessment. Between insurance, license and registration, maintenance, fuel, and vehicle payments, compare the total yearly costs. Just over 4700 for a 2010 Honda Civic, more than 11000 for a 2021 Ford F-150, and only $670 for an e-bike. Every person we get onto an e-bike will amplify out to eight people, we think. But it will all be closely studied. The district is working with researchers at the UBC React Lab to assess the impacts of the program on travel behavior and climate change. Huh. So, this is interesting to me because e-bikes are great. In uh, Vancouver Island, beautiful climate. You don't really have to worry yeah. about snow too, too much. It Ride makes it sense, pretty much you know? all year. 
all year round you could ride that. And why wouldn't you? I mean, if you live in a small city where you could get from point A to point B, I mean, yes, there's going to be issues where you would be, you'd want to transport something or people, but for your daily commute, e-bikes are fun too. Well, oh my, I had an electric bike. No. Well, you kind of pass through Sandwich when you come in through, you know, the Trans-Canada or, or from the ferry into Victoria and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it's beautiful. Well, it's just beautiful. It looks it's absolutely beautiful there. And it's, you know, it's uh, it's stunning and it makes total sense for a great program to be tried in a place where you could ride it all year. I would guess the average age in Sandwich is people who don't ride bikes. <laughs> just saying. Oh, okay. Right. Because it's, yes, that's. That's fair. But mind you, I was in Fish Creek, which is a beautiful park in Calgary this weekend, and I saw a woman, at least in her 70s, on an on an e-bike. She was doing the, the loop, and then when we came back, there's this massive hill you have to go up. Like, I can't bike up it. You have to walk it. And this woman just turns on the electric and just zoops up the hill. And I was like, damn, I need to get myself one of those. But, but the pedal so assist expensive. is amazing, too. It's pedal. The pedal assist is cool. Look, this is a great idea. The problem is one of the reasons why this is so hard to do in Canada is you could never make that work in Calgary because it would only be you'd only be able to ride it for maybe six months of the year. Well, even if you use studded tires in the wintertime, uh, your battery's going to die so quick you go nowhere. And yep. um, although that being said, if you really want to get somewhere with no snow on the pathways, they do clean the uh, middle of winter. They clean the bike paths before the sidewalk or the street. So. Mm-hmm. Even Toronto, the, the snow that I remember growing up with in Ontario is so thick. Like, I just can't imagine riding my bike through that. Now, I will say, and if the Canadian government is listening, if you want me to never buy a car and have a different mode of transportation, let me tell you what you can do for me and what I can do for you. All you need to do is drop off a, not a bike, but a scooter rather, an e-scooter on my front door with racing stripes. And if only actually in the winter time, that scooter could maybe convert into a vehicle with four tires. And perhaps maybe there would be an enclosed space around me with doors, maybe even a trunk to put stuff in. (laughs) And perhaps maybe even an engine that's not electric that actually has, you know, the ability to run in the winter time. Yeah. If we could strike that balance, Hit me up. Hey, man, if anybody was going to take something like that and call it a scooter, it would be the Canadian government. I could tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. Nailed it. Okay, we got time We got time to touch on this. This, this made me smile. Uh, let's hop on over to the fastest growing social media platform in the world that's also pretty darn stupid. Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Breakdown. Just to clarify, TikTok itself isn't inherently stupid. It's just there's a lot of really stupid stuff on there that's very entertaining. Okay, let's hop right in. I'm going to play you audio from this TikTok. And Shane, I would like you to guess what this guy is sad about. So the the tone of this TikTok is is sad. And I'm going to give you a hint before we go in, okay? Okay. You can hear a hailstorm in the background. Head, I want to drown my sorrow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. Kind of... Okay. Wow. Hail, hail damage. Okay. Maybe What's a brand new car. Damaged? 
You're very close. He was trying to protect his favorite car, a beautiful Toyota. <laughs> Supra? Dude, is this a Supra? Whoa! Is that a Supra? Dude, is it a Supra? Dude, is this a freaking Supra? It is a freaking Supra. Uh, the Supra is a pretty wicked car, by the way. Uh, this, I'll give you a second, Australian. Oh. Supra owner. Just drive from town to paradise and you'll see why we call Australia by Spreiser. I know, sorry. Uh, so yes, this uh, this guy from Australia, he has a Supra and he went viral because this video shows him throwing himself over the hood of his Supra to protect it from <laughs> hail damage while he puts cardboard and blankets all over it. And the video is him sprawling like full across the hood of his car trying to protect it from hail damage and this is a mark four supra that's a six-figure car like this is a this is like uh fast and furious level of of supra uh you know and he tried his best now there is good news in the comments of the tiktok which has thousands of views and likes he says i can confirm the car is okay his name's jake donaldson when Ke- <laughs> this made me laugh. When questioned how he knew this information, he responded, "Because that's my car." <laughs> People on the internet, my friends. I my neighbor has a like a Chevy two wheel drive pickup that's lowered. It is one of the most beautiful trucks I've ever seen. So it's low like a car, and um, he when it hails, he has a tarp that's yep. all fitted that protects the truck and he, he normally parks in the garage but he runs out he covers it just the same way and uh prote- protects it it's a stunning truck i don't blame him oh if i had that if i heard a hailstorm was coming and for oh. whatever reason i couldn't you know get yeah. the car inside or protection you'd cover up your scooter my scooter yeah i would uh i would use anything in my possession to protect it Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.